Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Michael Denk, currently the parochial vicar of St. Joseph Parish in Amherst. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, it's great for us. Uh, this week we've been talking about the sacraments from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. And today we're going to talk about uh, the sacraments that build up the church and the sacraments of holy order. So question 248 asks, what are the names of the sacraments that serve to build up communion in the church? So these, the two sacraments that really are served at kind of this, this um, building up of communion are marriage and holy orders. And so we're going to talk specifically about holy orders today. I think the next time you'll talk about marriage. But these two sacraments, uh, sacraments are directed for the good of the other. You know, so I became a priest, um, not for my own salvation, but for the salvation of all. And I've been truly blessed because through that that self-gift and that self-offering, I've discovered what a wonderful uh, life it is and and what a wonderful gift this is. And the same thing is true for married couples. They don't go into it for, for selfish means, but really not only for their own salvation, but to carry each other into heaven, to carry their family into heaven, and also to carry the entire world into heaven. I know Father Joe at Sacred Heart is fond of reminding us as fathers and and parents that our goal is to help each other and our children get to heaven. Yeah, amen. So that's our number one Mm -hmm. uh, priority and responsibility. Question 249 asks, what happens in holy orders? So in holy orders, the man who is ordained receives a gift of the Holy Spirit that gives him a sacred authority that is conferred on him by Christ through the bishops. So again, all these sacraments are instituted by Christ. When he not only when he, he when he was here in the flesh, but continues to work through the Holy Spirit and the laying on of the hands. Um, so when I was ordained, there's a wonderful part of the rite where you go up and you kneel before the bishop, and the bishop lays hands on you. And the laying on of the hands has always been that transfer of the Holy Spirit. You know, so the bishop transferred that gift of, of his priesthood, the Holy Spirit, onto me at that moment, and then. Then you continue to, to be on your knees and the entire presbyterate, all the priests in the diocese go, go by and lay hands on you. And so that's, that's uh, part of that, that rite of uh, laying out of the hands that endows you with that spirit of holy orders. Question 250 asks, how does the church understand the sacrament of holy orders? So the church, we are a church of scripture and tradition. So we've come to understand holy orders through the scripture. So all the sacraments are, are, are within the scripture, but also how the tradition has come to understand that unfolding. So the UCAT says the priests of the old covenant saw their duty as mediating between the heavenly and earthly things. So part of the priestly duty of the Old Testament was being that mediator, you know, that connection with God connecting the heavenly with the earthly. Since Christ is the one meteor between God and man, he perfected and ended that priesthood. So that priesthood's kind of come to an end, the Old Testament priesthood, because Christ is the mediator. He's the one that connects heaven and earth and and makes that a reality for all of us. After Christ, there can be an ordained priesthood only in Christ, 
in Christ's sacrifice of the cross and through a calling and apostolic mission. So all of my priesthood is in Christ. He is the one that works and moves in me. Every time I, everything that I do is Christ working in me, but in a special way, anytime I uh, am, am part of the sacraments, it's Christ's hands, Christ's eyes, Christ's voice, all of Christ working in me as his priest. So that's where we get the uh, saying in persona Christi. Exactly, in persona Christi, especially at that moment of, of, of Eucharist, at the consecration, the priest is in the person of Christ. He becomes Christ for the world. So right there, for a moment, you get to see Christ visible. Yeah, I think it's a good point to make that at the Last Supper, not only was the Eucharist instituted, but also the priesthood was mm. instituted when Christ told the apostles, do this in, in memory, memory of, of me. me. Yeah. Notice he said, do this. So in what's the this? Me. What's the, the this? This is, is, is the Eucharist. It, it's everything. It's, every, it's, it's everything that Christ did, you know, that we're called to do it in memory of him. But especially in, in a unique way, the Eucharist, you know, to, to make that saf- sacrificial offering, to make him present in the gifts of bread and wine that become his, his true flesh and true blood for the world. Okay. So 251 asks, what are the degrees of the sacrament of holy orders? So there are three degrees. So holy orders is the sacrament, but within that, it, within the, in the sacrament, there's different degrees of holy orders. You know, so the order is, is that whole notion of, uh, of, uh, of a hierarchy. And the first level would be a deacon, and that's uh, from the Greek diaconate. So the deacons are the ones you may know at your parish. Uh, they often assist the priest at the altar. And a deacon is kind of notified, in, at least in liturgy, by wearing uh, one stole, that kind of goes across his chest, across his heart there. And, um, and then the next would be the priest. So the priest you'll often see will wear a, a stole around both sides down. And then the third would be the bishop. So in liturgy, the bishop is the one that you would see with the mitre and a crozier. Um, so those would be kind of the three hierarchical levels of holy orders. Okay. 252 asks, what happens in Episcopal ordination? So an Episcopal basically means bishop. So in the Episcopal ordination, the fullness of the sacrament of holy orders is conferred upon a priest. So the fullness of orders is the Episcopal, uh, a bishop. So the fullness of priesthood is seen in a bishop. He is ordained as a successor of the apostles. I think it's so awesome. He is one of the apostles. And uh, that's the fullness uh, of the priesthood. Together with the other bishops and the pope, he is from now on responsible for the entire church. In particular, the church appoints him to the offices of teaching, sanctifying, and governing. So those are the three offices of, of bishops. The bishops, and, and we as priests, do this out of our authority given to us by the bishops. To teach, to sanctify, and to govern. So the bishop is the primary teacher of the church. He is also the, the one that helps make, make us all holy you know, through, through, through the priesthood and through our common baptism, and also governing. He's kind of the one responsible for administering the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and kind of overseeing all of that, tending to God's flock. I, I think, too, it's good to point out that these three uh, degrees are very scriptural. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to defend the, the faith, when you look for the words episcopate, presbyterate, and diaconate, diaconate. They're all through Scripture, especially in the Acts of the Apostles and mm-hmm. Paul's letter to Timothy. It just shows the continuity, not only scripturally, but also historically for the right. Catholic Church mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Yes, from the very beginning, and it's all there in Scripture. But remember, we are a church of, of Scripture and tradition. So just as important as Scripture is our tradition and how we've come to 
understand that and how that has kind of evolved into what it is over the years. So, so we're of we're not only of the the book, the written word of God, but also the spoken word of God, which mm. we call sacred tradition. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, question two fifty three asks: How important for a Catholic Christian is his bishop? Oh, ex- I mean, extremely important. He's he's our head. He's he's the shepherd of our diocese. You know, so um. UCAT says that a Catholic Christian feels that he is under an obligation to his bishop. So we're all under an obligation to aid our bishop, to help him, to serve him, to do what we can to help him shepherd um, our church. The bishop's appointed for him, too, is, is Christ's representative, so he's our representative here on earth. Moreover, the bishop who exercises has his pastoral ministry together with his priests and deacons as ordained assistants is the visible principle and the foundation of the local church. So again, we go to this whole sacramental notion of God making visible what is invisible. So we have a good shepherd. You know, we have, we have the bishop that, that leads us and guides us and somebody that we can go to, um, you know, whenever we need. I want to do a quote from the UCAT from one of uh, my favorite uh, church fathers from the uh, first century right around the year 107 from St. Ignatius of Antioch. In a letter that he wrote, he says, you must all follow the lead of the bishop as Jesus Christ followed that of the Father. Follow, follow the presbyterate as you would the apostles. Reverence the deacons as you would God's commandments. Let no one do anything touching the church apart from the bishop. So, again, he's emphasizing how important the bishop is. Yeah, and, and especially, you know, I think that that deals a lot with, um, you know, maybe you have something going on in, in a diocese or, or even in a parish. Sometimes people try to take things outside of the, the bishop's permission or outside of the church. And um, any truly saintly figure in all of our tradition has always done things under the authority of the bishop. You know, so they're always willing to submit themselves to the authority of the bishop and at least let him have the final say. If you ever have someone or something that doesn't do that, I would be very cautious about having any kind of involvement with that because he is um, given to us by Christ as that gift of, of, of facilitating. So we need to listen and to obey. And obey, yeah. Mm-hmm. Question 254 asks, what happens in priestly ordination? So in priestly ordination, as I talked about before, the bishop actually calls down God's power on the candidate of, uh, of holy order. So that's what I talked about, the laying of the hands. When the bishop lays his hands on the, on the head of the priest, um, he calls down his power and invokes and transfers the Holy Spirit upon him. And there's a, 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 a permanent seal you know, that's imprinted, a priestly character. So we hear from that line of Melchizedek, you are a priest forever. You know, so once someone becomes a priest, they're always a priest. It's just like when you were baptized or confirmed, you received an indelible mark. And uh, so you can, you, you can never not be baptized. You, you were. It, it's forever. And the same is true with priesthood. Again, one of the points uh, as far as the priest being in persona Christi is the fact that when we want to be baptized, we don't baptize ourselves, but we utilize the minister of Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing when we get married. We don't marry ourselves. Mm-hmm. We go before a minister and witness before the congregation and God. Same thing when we go to communion. We can't give ourselves communion. We have to be able to receive it from the priest who is the minister 
in Impersona Christi and finally confession, the same thing. I've got some people who won't join the Catholic Church because they have to go to confession. Yeah. And it's so scriptural. And again, it makes sense because all these other things, when you got married, when you got baptized, you didn't baptize or marry yourself. So you can't go to confession yourself. You need to utilize the minister that Jesus put in place going back to the Acts of the Apostles when, when uh, Judas died. Right. And he said, let his office continue. So you have this continuation. And it's just the whole notion of what a sacrament is. You know, people say, why can't I just go to God? Well, you can, but also God wants us to experience him personally. He wants to... He wants us to, to be touched by him, to hear his voice, you know, and that's what the sacrament is, and that's why the sacraments all involve people, you know, and, and God's special, unique, um, ordained, anointed ones to perform those sacraments with us so that we can experience God in a very personal way. And again, those sacraments all involve something physical because mm-hmm. we yeah. are physical. Yeah. We have senses, and, and again, it helps us to experience God in a very real way. Yeah, so every sacrament has matter and form. You know, the matter is the material that you spoke of, what is actually ye- being used in the sacrament and the form, what, what uh, the ordained minister does with that matter over the person. Okay. Well, we've been listening to Father Michael Dank as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church. Father, why don't you share your uh, blog spot with our listeners? FatherMichaelDank.blogspot.com Great. And this has been Tim Perry for Faith with Father on Living Bread Radio, reminding you that God loves you more than you can imagine. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.